separating between milk, milk and meat. He seems to be serving them milk and meat together. So you could have said he's serving them the milk, and then afterwards they were going to have the flashing, but it sounds like they were all served together. So the Malbim comments um, that uh, suggest that this was not a regular piece of meat. Rather, it was Uben Habakar Sharasa. It was a piece of meat that he created through the same for Yitzira. And since, that's why the Pasuk says, Asher Asa, that he created, not that he prepared already, but he created it anew, uh, using the Sefer Yitzira, and meat that's created using the Sefer Yitzira is not fallacious and can be served together with milk. And in fact, we find a similar idea suggested by the Shlach HaKadosh, um, commenting on the Pasuk in Parashas Vayeshev, that the Shvatim, that Yosef, Vayave Yosef, is Dibasam Avihem, he speaks... uh, evil speech or negative speech about his brothers and he brings that to his father and Rashi explains that he was relating to Yaakov Avinu that they were eating uh, Ever Minachai so the problem is how could it be that the Shvatim were eating Ever Minachai uh, so many Mepharshim have different uh, suggestions of what perhaps was the, the point of dispute between Yaakov and the, uh, between um, uh, Yosef and the Shvatim Yosef considered Ever Minachai they perhaps did not consider it Ever Minachai but one of the suggestions that's made is by the Shlach Kodesh, which is quoted by the Pischei Tshuva in Yeridea, is that uh, the Shvatim uh, felt that it was permitted because this animal was not uh, a regular animal that they were eating from. It was rather an animal that was created using the Sefer Yitzira. And since it was an animal that was created using the Sefer Yitzira, its uh, meat was neither, uh, was, was not fleshix, and therefore could be consumed, uh, was, uh, I'm sorry, was not, the animal was not considered to be alive, and therefore they were able to take uh, meat off the animal even while it was alive. It's not considered to be a problem of baser minachai. It wasn't an animal at all, and they were allowed to rip limbs off of it and eat it, uh, what, what appeared to be aver minachai. So what emerges from the comment of the Shlach Kaddish and the Malbim, which is also quoted by the Pischei Tshuva elsewhere in Yerodea, is that an animal that's created using a Sefer Yitzira it doesn't seem to have the status of an animal at all. One is allowed to rip off limbs, perhaps, and eat, eat it as a baser minachai. And uh, the meat that's derived from this animal would not have the status of fleshics and could be consumed together with milk. This is perhaps an even broader concept that anything that's created using the Sefer Yitzira, even though it looks like something and, you know, it smells like something, but that it doesn't have uh, the halachic status of what was created. Because we have another Gemara, Masech the Sanhedrin, which tells us over here, Oizdawa, that Rava Baragavra, Rava created an individual, a person, using the Sefer Yitzira. So Shadua came to Rabzera. He sent it to Rabzera, Rabzera started talking to him. He wasn't responding because he was a Gailim. So anyway, the, apparently the, the limitations of a Gailim is not able to talk. So obviously one of my friends created you and Hadala Afrech. So he killed him and sent him back to the dirt from where he came. So this Gemara, Mesech the Sanhedrin, implies that, or states explicitly that uh, a person who's created through Sefer Yitzir, one is allowed to kill them. So there's a well-known tshuva in the Chacham Tzvi who, suggests, who has a suffix, whether or not a person is created through the Sefer Yitzira is mitztarif to a minion. It's in fact quoted by the Mishnah Bura. He says, perhaps uh, this Gemar Mesech the Sanhedrin, that Rav Zera was allowed to kill the person who was created with the Sefer Yitzira, is a local halacha to Ritzicha. If he's created with the Sefer Yitzira, you can kill him. Um, because the Pasuk says in Parashas, Noyach Shofech Dam HaAdam Ba'adam Dama Yishofech, that uh, you're not allowed to kill somebody Dam ha'adam ba'adam, that was created by human beings. But if it was created using the Sefer Yitzira, perhaps one is allowed to kill him. The limitations of Ritzicha uh, are only uh, to the... Ritzicha only applies if a person is uh, created from a human being, not if he's created using Sefer Yitzira. Then the Chacham Tzvi says, no, maybe this is a global principle 
that this individual is created to say for Yitzira has none of the rights and privileges of being a full-fledged human being, and not only would it be permitted to kill him, as you see from the Gemara the Sanhedrin, he would not be, you know, have the status of a human being at all, and therefore could not be mitzdarev to a minion. And many ask, even if he is a human being, how did he become a Jew that he's mitzdarev to a minion? Anyway, every, others uh, joke, and they say, of course, a goylem is mitzdarev to a minion. Just come to Shachris every morning and see that people who can't speak and can't think are, are considered to be mitzdarev to a minion. But either way, that's the suffix of the Chacham Tzvi. And many disagree with the Chacham Tzvi, and they don't even understand the suffix, how it began. You see from this Gemara Mesech the Sanhedrin, with Yaakov Emdin and the Chazanish, derived from this Gemara Mesech the Sanhedrin, that a person who's created with a Sefer Yetzirah has no, uh, does not have the status of a human being, be permitted to kill him, and uh, would certainly not, therefore not be uh, mitzdarev to a minion. And perhaps we see from here that whatever uh, is created with the Sefer Yetzirah is not treated by the Halacha as that which it uh, you know, appears to be. So an animal that's created with the Sefer Yetzirah is not of the status of an animal. According to the Shlach Kodesh, you could rip limbs off of it. It would not be a problem of Basim Menachai or even Menachai. And according to the Malbim, one would not have the status of Fleishiks. One could cook it together um, with milk. And uh, if a person is created with the Sefer Yetzirah, the Gemara tells him, the Sanhedrin, and one is allowed to kill him, and would not have any of the other rights and privileges of, of, a, of a normal human being. Why is this the case? Why is something that's created with the Sefer Yetzirah, an animal, a human being, and it looks like a normal animal, it tastes like a normal animal, why should it not have the status of, uh, you know, of a behemoth, and have uh, the prohibitions of Abraham and Achai, and would have the limitations of uh, Fleishiks, and you wouldn't be considered, you wouldn't, one would not be able to consume it with uh, milk. So it's presumably because not limited to the Sefer Yetzirah, it's presumably because the Gemara tells us in Mesech the Psachim that one only violates uh, the Isurim in the Torah if one uh, goes about it in the normal fashion. The mitzvahs of the Torah are addressing regular um, actions and situations. But if one does something in an abnormal fashion, that's simply not what the Torah uh, is discussing. So for example, the Gemara says in Mesech the Psachim, Ko Isurim Shabbat Torah, Ein lo kanagayno a person only receives malchus for eating malchus asuras if he eats it in the normal way. So if a person eats pork while it's raw, while it's frozen, uh, there would be no malchus, even though he ate pork, because he ate it in an abnormal way. And uh, Rabbeinu Davin, in his Kiddush Mamasech, the Psachim explains, because the Torah says that one is not allowed to eat these things. Torah says he can't eat it. And when the Torah says eating, the Torah means a normal eating. It doesn't mean an abnormal eating like a person who eats it raw or eats it frozen. So, and uh, this is not just limited to Machalas Asuros, this is a more global principle, perhaps, that all of the mitzvahs of the Torah only uh, relate to a person who does something in the normal way. But if something is created in an abnormal way, so then the mitzvahs of the Torah, perhaps, uh, or the, some of the halakhas of the Torah, perhaps, would not apply. That's simply not what was being uh, addressed by the Torah. So another example of this principle is the Gemara Mesechus Chagiga. The Gemara has a shayla, as we know, a Kohen Gadol has to marry Absula. So Gemara has a shayla, a besula she'ibra ma'ol Can a uh, besula who's pregnant marry a kohen gadol? How could you have a besula who's pregnant? You know, in our, in our religion, we don't have these things. So how could you have a besula who's pregnant? So Gemara suggests one possibility is, at the, in the middle of the second line, She became pregnant in the bathhouse. A man went to the bathhouse, was mighty zera into the water, and then a woman became, uh, went, subsequently went into the bathhouse. And she became pregnant. So Rabbeinu Hanano comments on that. And so that's the Shai of the Gemara. She's a pregnant woman, but she's Basula. Can she marry a Kohen Gadol? 
Rabbeinu Hanano there uh, writes that this woman, when she gives birth, will not be Tmei Aleida. Why will she not be Tmei Aleida? Because then, my sinisim who? Ve'ena Tmei Aleida. She'ena nikari ba'isha ki sazria. That's not considered to be a woman, you know, a woman who gives birth, that she's uh, usually Tmei Aleida. And therefore, the brismila of the child is Daicha Shabbos. Those two things go together. Yeah, so the woman would not be Tmei That Many feel that if it's a boy who's born through well, artificial insemination, so even if the eighth day falls out on Shabbos, Rosham Zaman felt the bris should not be performed on Shabbos. Because uh, the fact that Tumas Leida goes together with the fact that bris is Daicha Shabbos. So he quotes this, Rabbeinu Hanano, Halach Lomaisa. But Rabbeinu Hanano says, since the pregnancy was not accomplished in the uh, normal uh, way, so then, or, you know, what is considered to be the regular way, so then uh, that's simply not what the Torah is discussing, and therefore the woman will not be Tmei Aleda. Is there a difference between Mas and Nisim and scientific? Uh, uh, okay, very good. Give me a second, give me a second, give me a second, give me a second. No, no, so you could be saying Mas and Nisim, mean, probably never, you know. Ah, you're saying it's limited... But it wasn't a nace. It's not. Bambati Ibra was not a nace. There was no no miracle here. Miracle, if it is, but, but certainly artificial insemination <laughs> is not a miracle. It, but it's uh, certainly not uh, the normal. Well, it might become the normal at one point, but it's not yet. What is normal is the question. Right? If it's become you know regular. regular. So this has become regular today. Why is Bambati not normal? No, no, it's unusual. It's unusual. Was it? I don't think I, I don't know what the percentage of births are that are done through IVF. I presume it's still uh, no, it's so small, but, but but it's an accepted method that that is highly successful. You know, so you're asking a good question. You're saying at what point, how, what percentage would it be considered that it's already something that's, that's not an ace? That's well, that's not even out of the ordinary. Right. Right. At the time that he wrote the there Shuba, obviously is. I don't think it has to be fifty-one percent, no. but it would be. At the time we wrote the Shuba, it probably was a new methodology that was, you know, right. Right. I don't know if it's still becoming, you know, I don't, but I don't know where the line in the sand would be. It's a good, it's a good point. But anyway, so the Egoi Tal, the Avnei Nezer, and his commentary on Hilchah Shabbos, as well as Rebuchan and the Kavit Shiurim, the Chidush Arim, and his Chuvis, all develop this same principle. And that is that, the, that uh, the Torah is only describing uh, situations that are created in the normal way. So therefore, right, so Bochan of here, Zion Yir, the Hadar Patah B'Shabbos, Boise Kalach Yad, that which a person is uh, not Chayim Midday writes on Shabbos if he performs a Malach in the abnormal way, Eino Din Meyucha B'Sirei Shabbos, K'mon Makal, K'mon Lach Shein Tuch L'Gufa. These are not halachas that are limited to Hilchah Shabbos. Al Kein Hu B'Chol Dinei Yatarah Shonemru El Kafi Derech HaRogil. They're only describing uh, that which was created uh, in the normal way. So therefore, if that is the reason why an animal that's created through a Sefer Yitzira, let's say, would not have the status of flagships and could be consumed with milk, according to the Malbim, or uh, according to the Shlach Kodesh, one could rip a limb off the animal even while it's still alive and would not be a violation of Eber Menachai because the animal uh, does not have the rights and privileges of, of other animals because it was created through Sefer Yitzira, perhaps the reason why that is so is because it was created in an abnormal way. It's not limited to the Sefer Yitzira per se. It's because it was created in an abnormal way, not the, you know, the, the, the usual way. And the Torah is describing uh, items that were created in the usual way, not in the abnormal way. And therefore, these halachas, Abbasah B'chalav, Abbasah Menachai, perhaps even of Ritzicha, uh, should not apply to that situation. So therefore, based on this, there are Rabbanim both in Eretz Yisrael as well as uh, here in America. There's a promotional video that uh, you can find from one of the companies that's producing this uh, new meat where they take uh, stem cells and they grow it in a culture or in a serum and they're attempting to gushma because they want to be able to make meat uh, cheaper and available and uh, there might be you know, animal rights involved. 
Um, so, and, uh, you know, Israel in general is into, you know, venture capital and startups, so this happens to be, Israel is the, the center of this, uh, this endeavor, but they're taking stem cells or myoblasts, which are kind of, you know, a little bit later than a stem cell, a muscle tissue from an animal, taking it and growing it in a culture, and from there they're going to, they hope to produce meat without killing the animals in, uh, in a cheaper, uh, cheaper fashion. So over here they're taking the uh, animal cell, from the animal, and they're growing it in, a, for all intents and purposes, a petri dish or a test tube, and uh, that's where the hamburger patty comes from, or the the the, uh, the fillet comes from, is from the petri dish. So that's certainly created in a in an abnormal way. That's not the normal way of creating meat, and therefore, perhaps one could argue um, that it should not have the status of meat at all. Uh, because it was created in an abnormal way, and the Torah is simply not addressing those kinds of situations that were not created in the normal way. So when you say normal, if that becomes the norm, is that, would that now be... Right, so if it becomes so popular that now it becomes the norm, that might be um, its undoing. Even though it's not the natural... I mean, it's, 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 uh, no, so uh, the, I didn't give you the, the continuation of Rebbe Hanum. He goes on to say that this would change in every time and every place. So, for example, I mean, the classic example of this, without getting too far afield, is cooking in the sun. One is allowed to cook in the sun on Shabbos, if you, directly in the sun, because it's, it's not, the Rashi writes, it's not the normal way of cooking. So many suggested any type of cooking without fire is akin to cooking in the sun. But Ramayusha said, well, look, microwaves, even though it might, in theory, with a beside from the electrical component to it, might have in theory been considered cooking in the sun because there's no uh, fire there, but every hall, kitchen in America has a microwave. Ramayusha thought they would even overtake traditional ovens. So, so he said, that's so common. Of course that's Bishul Doi Raisa, because it's common. So at the same time over here, if this becomes so common, even more than tradi- you know, what we would consider traditional meat, then it might be, that would, it would be Flashiks. Uh, well, it used to be flashics, and if you took it from a trafe animal, we'll have to get to that in a second. Isn't the norm talking about derech achila, not... No, if you're talking about an iser macholas asurois, so then I take real pork and I eat it in an abnormal way, that's not what the Torah is discussing. Here we're talking about, is this flashics that I'm going to eat in a normal way? So it is... It's different than what you're talking about. They're talking about when you're doing something in an abnormal way. If or the baby was created, the woman became pregnant in an abnormal way. Same thing. So the woman's not Tamea Leda. Why? She gave birth in the normal way. She didn't become pregnant in the normal way. It's the same thing here. Is the meat was not created in the normal way. Uh, so you're going to eat it in the normal way. The Shaila is. Is the Torah discussing that? Is that what the Torah is addressing? I think one could so, argue here that it's better than over there. Even if it becomes the norm. Perhaps this is not meat. That's right. Because it's no Shechita. Do you need to do Shechita, for example, for this? <laughs> those who claim it's not meat. It is meat cells. So those who claim it's not meat... Uh, take the position that we don't look at the finished product and say, well, it's meat cells. They look at the process and they say, well, it came about in an abnormal way, not the traditional way of but deriving meat. Why? It's meat cells. It came all from. Okay, I. Your problem is you're going to get stuck because if you're going to say let's evaluate what it is now, does taste flesh? It's meat cells. So, and if you're going to say, well, the, the best, your best option if you want to make it power of is to look at the process and say well, it was derived in an abnormal way. That's the if you if you go your route, you're going to get you're going to get stuck with by examining. Well, if you examine it now, so it's, it's meat cells. Maybe it's 
uh, if you're going to go that route. We'll get to that in a second. But if you're going to say, well, it was derived in an abnormal way, it shouldn't matter whether it was derived from a non-kosher animal and, shouldn't, and, 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 and it would be kosher, and it shouldn't uh, matter if it was derived from a meat cell, it would be power if it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be considered flashics. And there are, are many uh, who feel that that should, be, that that should be the lacha here as well. However, there are those that disagree because it's a Gemara Meseklis Menachis. The Gemara tells us in Meseklis Menachis, Daf Yomi just covered this Daf, that chitin sheyardu ba'avin, if you have um, uh, wheat grains that fall down from the, uh, from the clouds, mahu, what's that lacha? Lema'is, the Gemara says, with regards to what? Ila Menachis, if you want to use it for a carbon mincha, flour offering, why not? Can you use it for the carbon of Shealechem that was brought on Shavuos? There, the wheat has to come from Eretz Yisrael. You can't take wheat from Chutzlaretz. So is this considered to be wheat from Chutzlaretz or not? Maybe since it came from a cloud, it should be allowed. Or It has to come from Eretz Yisrael. Not that it can come from Chutzlaretz. This didn't come from Chutzlaretz. It came from the cloud. Maybe it has to come from Eretz Yisrael. And this didn't come from Eretz Yisrael. It came from the cloud. So that's what the Gemara is not sure. Can you use uh, the wheat that fell from the clouds for Shtealechem, uh, but certainly it could be used for a carbon mincha. And the only reason to suggest it can't be used for Shtealechem is not because it's not wheat, but it's because it's not from Eretz Yisrael. That's the Shiloh. So, what kind of wheat are we discussing here? So, Rashi explains, Shayardu ba'avim, im hamatar, it came down with the rain, kishashosu ha'avim bo'kainis, ba'usvina malayachitin. There was a tornado over the ocean, and there was a freighter that had uh, kernels of grain in it. The tornado picked it up and deposited it in Eretz Israel. Okay, but it's normal wheat. Um, and why does Rashi learn that way? Because the Gemara says, Ba'avim, it came from the clouds. If it was miraculous, it should have said it came in a Shamayim. It doesn't say it came in a Shamayim. It says it came from the clouds, which implies that the weather here uh, played a role. Why should it have been permitted? Because it didn't come directly from Eretz Israel. It first came uh, through the medium of the cloud. Taisvis disagrees with Rashi because he says just because it came into the cloud, this is wheat from Chutzlaretz. How could it possibly be allowed for the Shtealechem? The Gemara never would have had a suffix about that. It's wheat from Chutzlaretz just because it went through the cloud in the interim. So therefore, Taisvis learns, Pshat, that we're talking about wheat that was miraculous meat, uh, wheat. It came uh, through a miracle. Minashamayim. Huh? No, we're discussing what, uh, is the Gemara, what kind of wheat is the Gemara discussing? know where it came from. No one's, it's not, we're not discussing a historical event. We're discussing what would be the case in this uh, in this situation. You're asking about a historical event. Where do I know? How do I know where it came from? The Gemara is discussing a theoretical question. To, re- to rephrase the question, hypothetical. So it's a suffix. So what are we passing for a suffix in the case of, of, of this case? It's no, but no, but the Gemara certainly agrees that it's wheat. The Shaila is is a wheat from Eretz Yisrael, but it's certainly considered wheat, even though it was created in a miraculous fashion. It's a suffix where it came from. The Gemara brings down a story where a guy actually had three parcels of a field full of wheat. It actually happened. It happened. happened. Well, it actually, actually, Thank you. Actually, Gemara says it. Right. <laughs> anyway, but this Gemara implies that wheat that was created in a miraculous fashion has the status of wheat and could be used for a carbon mincha. So you see that the halacha does uh, address uh, things that were created through a, a miracle and it gives them all the rights and privileges of those items that they appear to be. So the wheat was created miraculously has the status uh, of wheat. Another uh, place where perhaps we see a similar notion is from the miracle of Hanukkah, where many uh, you know, uh, discuss 
did uh, was it that the oil lasted uh, one flask of oil lasted for eight days, or perhaps it was a miracle? A new oil was created. So if the miracle was a new oil was created, don't you see from the miracle of Hanukkah that uh, Shemen Nais? That was uh, many uh, attribute this argument to Rebbeim that Shemen Nais, something that was created through a miracle, has the status of Shemen and could be used for Avakasam and Ira, just like the wheat that was created uh, by Derech Nais. Now one could distinguish in the following way and argue that that case is different. Why is that case different? Because there it wasn't created through human involvement. The Rebbeinah Shalolim created it b'derech neis. Kadosh Baruch Hu could create anything b'derech neis. He could create shemen, the shemen's eyes. He could create wheat that could be used for carbon mincha. It's not that a person with his own involvement uh, and initiative created something in an abnormal way. Kadosh Baruch Hu created it. So that which a Kadosh Baruch Hu creates has the status of chitin, has the status of shemen's eyes. But if I created using a medium of the Sefer Yitzirah, that was created with my involvement in an abnormal way, that does not have a halachic status because the Torah is simply not addressing that. So that distinction is suggested by Rav Nosson Gishtetner over here in his Truvus Laharis Nosson. This is not the same as the Gemara Menachis. That the Torah is discussing because the Kaddish Baruch who created it. Then it would not have uh, status in the eyes uh, in the eyes of Halacha. However, Rav Asher Weiss in the Tshuva to the OU uh, feels that we should adopt the principle of the Gemara Mesechtas Menachis um, that uh, as it appears that uh, something that's created by Derech Neis has a halachic status in the, eyes of, uh, in the eyes of the Torah. It should be treated as wheat. It should be treated as Shem and Zeis if it was created by Derech Neis. And similarly, if it's created by Sefer Yitzirah, uh, so then it would also have the status of Basar, it would be Fleshix, it would be Basar Bechalov, the prohibitions of Basar Menachai would apply. And the comments of the Malbim and the Shlach Kodesh, he writes, and we should not accept them. Uh, and he adds that we're not discussing here created through Sefer Yitzirah. This is created in a laboratory through science. So he says, how can we extrapolate from something that's created with Sefer Yitzirah to something that's created through science? And others argue that, that it does not that it's limited to Sefer Yitzirah. No, it's uh, that it's created in an abnormal way and the Torah is not addressing that. And perhaps either this Gemara Mesechus Menach because the wheat fell through the clouds was picked up by a tornado or perhaps uh, from a Kaddish Baruch who is different than something that we create to say for Yitzira. say that artificial insemination does it on jobs? Yeah. Because it's not uh, interesting. It's man, man-made, right? It's interesting. Would he say the same thing? Yeah, there are those who disagree with Shlomo Zalman. If you follow his line of reasoning, um, no, no. He, he would agree that the Torah only addresses things that are created in the normal way. He would just say that which is created through the Sefer Yitzira is not necessarily considered to be uh, abnormal. Oh, so you're saying, but then all of science and medicine should not be uh, abnormal. Interesting. 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 Interesting point. Interesting point. The question is whether the old science is, is Kedak or even the Kuru. That's basically the question. No, the question is, are you going to limit this to say for Yitzira and say something's created with say for Yitzira or dismiss the thing entirely and say that's the Malbim and the Shlom Kaddish? The problem is it's quoted by the Pesachet Shuv and Yeradeh. These are not, it's not like someone found the Malbim. No, he's asking, he's asking, is science in that category of say for Yitzira? Because science is out of the ordinary. That's exactly the point. That's exactly what they're arguing about. That's exactly what they're arguing about. This is a bit, a bit, a, a, a large mach like this. But... Um, there's another Tzad Lekula, uh, even if one will argue that meat that's created through Sefer Yetzirah has the status of meat, we're not going to assume that since it was created in the abnormal way, it's not what the Torah is uh, discussing. 
um, it has the status of meat, would be fleshix, and an animal that's created through Sefi Yitzira, one would be prohibited from ripping a limb off of it, would be basim and achai. Um, nonetheless, there's another argument to argue, to suggest that this uh, meat that's created using these myoblasts, stem cells in a petri dish or in a test tube, should be uh, parif and be mutter, no matter where you derived it from, whatever animal, because of a different argument. These stem cells are not visible to the human eye, and they're microscopic. And generally, we have a principle that Rosh discusses over here, Ois Yud, that one is allowed to consume Machalas uh, Asuris if you're not able to see it with the human eye. Rosh says that he's been told that when a person breathes in, he, breathes, uh, he ingests many bacteria, or just in a regular glass of water, there's bacteria which we're not able to see with our own eye, and that's not considered to be an Easter of Toiloim, because uh, we, don't, uh, we are not able to see with the human eye, and therefore it is not uh, prohibited. Ramosha is his truth, and Ramosha, that it won't have to be square, but only to the degree that it appears to us to be square with the human eye. We don't have to take uh, elaborate uh, you know, uh, measurements to, uh, to see if it's pre- precisely square. It's the way that it appears to the human eye. And so these uh, cells are the first cells that they use. are microscopic, you can't see them. So it should become mutter at that point, even though later on it develops into a larger piece of meat. There are those, though, that argue with this based on a comment of Roshom Zalman. It's a good argument, but Roshom Zalman writes over here, oh, you see the olive? He says, no, but you're involved with it. You're going to be involved with this. You're right, if it's microscopic and you can't see it and you go about life ignoring it, so then fine, it doesn't rise to the threshold of, you, you know, the, the, you know, of an Easter because you know, we, we, can't, uh, we can't be involved in things that we can't see. But here you are involved in it. You're being metabolized with it. You're making a whole laboratory to just build these uh, stem cells into fleshics. So you're being metabolized with it. So certainly then it, uh, it is endowed with a significance and uh, should, should be uh, prohibited. Would rise to the level of Malchalas Asuras. This argument of Shama Zalman is, uh, is, uh, is questionable. Why? Because what is the reason for this principle that one is allowed to consume things that you're not able to see with the human eye? One possible um, explanation or justification is because Sigmar has that principle in a few places. We can only address that which we can see. If we can't see it, so then it's just impossible to function if we're going to have to be concerned with things that we can't see. So if that's why um, this, uh, you know, things that we're not able to see are permitted, so then one could argue over here, you know, because, listen, we can't be, you know, concerned with things that we can't see. Human beings. So then, but over here, then Shom Zalman's argument makes a lot of sense. Over here, you're involved with it. Oh, so then, of course, you're paying attention to it. So then perhaps you endowed it with significance by being involved with it uh, chemically in the laboratory. However, there's another, uh, perhaps, approach to suggest why is it that the is that one is allowed to consume things that you can't see with the human eye, and that is perhaps a more general conceptual principle that the Torah only addresses that which we see with our eye, the way that it's perceived to us, not what is actually occurring on a microscopic uh, level. And therefore, to make no difference whether you're involved with it, whether you're not involved with it, it's not because it's insignificant or we can't be concerned with it, it's too small. It's because the Torah only addresses that which we perceive with the human eye. A good example of this is perhaps the Gemara Masech the Shabbos. The Gemara says Masech the Shabbos one, quotes one opinion that what is allowed to kill lice on Shabbos. A hurry king of the Shabbos is mutter because, or pater, because it's not paravarova. It doesn't uh, multiply, um, reproduce in the usual way. I was assuming it was spontaneous generation. They came from nowhere. So you're allowed to uh, kill it on Shabbos. And in fact, that's how we paskin in the Shulchan Aruch, that one is allowed to kill a kina on Shabbos because it's not par of a rava. 
But we know since the days of Louis Pasteur that there is no such thing as a spontaneous generation. So it is reproducing. It's just reproducing on a microscopic level and we don't see it. So therefore, there were those that suggested in the Pachet Yitzchak from Lepranti that we should perhaps be machmer on this Shiloh of killing lights on Shabbos because uh, the assumption of the Gemara permitting it was that it's not part of a but we know it is part of a there were those that argued that we should change the psak in the, uh, because of that. However, there were many that defended the psak in the Shulchan Aruch, uh, that we should not change the halacha. And perhaps the, and the best argument to explain why we should not, um, even though we now understand that there is no such thing as spontaneous generation, is because even though biologically speaking there is no such thing as spontaneous generation, but that's how it appears to us. It appears to the human eye as if these things are coming from nowhere. And even though, of course, there is reproductions taking place at a microscopic level, the Torah addresses that which we perceive with the human eye. So if that's the case, it makes no difference if you're being metapa with the stem cells. If you're not being metapa with the stem cells, so the Torah only addresses that which we see with the human eye, and it should make no difference if you're involved, uh, if you're involved with it. So why are we filtering water? Because you can see the bugs in the water. So I've seen them. Yes. When they're alive, you can see them. I saw myself. They look like tadpoles. It's disgusting. Okay. Oh, so that's a different tzad, the hakel. It's not only perhaps because it was created in the abnormal way. Okay. There are those that said, no, science, how could that be abnormal? And then there's the others who suggest perhaps it should be permitted because the original stem cell is microscopic. The Torah only uh, addresses that. that which we see with the human eye. And others argue if you're involved with it and you endowed it with significance, now it's no longer well, considered you to, you don't have the head of the fact once that it's microscopic. Stem cell, you have some well, You have... Fact, but the original birth, one is now mutter. And now that I take... Uh, any, any natural birth also comes from microscopic... Uh, you know, the way that it appears to us on the scene is uh, something that's visible. So here, it initially appeared as something that's invisible. And then you took something invisible and you created something that's visible. Which is... Now that's visible, the source is... No, that's not chayzali It's an interesting point. Interesting point. Uh, you, perhaps along your lines is what uh, many Poiskim argue. If you're not going to take the suggestion of the fact that it was uh, created in an abnormal way, you're going to consider this to be normal uh, because it was created in a laboratory, or perhaps you think that the only time it's not considered to be flashing is if it was created through Sefer Yitzira, this is science. What about Jeldon? Or perhaps, uh, Jeldon, a whole separate discussion. But it's the same it's a very, it's It is same related problem. issue. Same issue. It's a related issue, yeah. It just confuses everything, though. But yeah. Or you're not convinced that the fact that it's microscopic should be a reason to permit it. So then what is the status of these stem cells that grow into a larger piece of meat? So many, uh, uh, Usher Wise, as well, I think the OU, Mordechai Gross, who's a poisek in, um, in B'nai Brak, who felt that the entire piece of meat, uh, the entire meat that develops should be um, a derivative of the original stem cell and should have all of the uh, halachic implications that go along with it, based on a principle that's similar to what the, to the Easter of Yaitzim in Aser Aser. The Mishnah tells us over here, Masech Tz Bechiras Yaitzim Beis, that if a uh, trefa animal, a camel, let's say, gives birth to a cow, the cow is prohibited. By the same token, if a cow gives birth to a camel, then the camel is permitted. But if a camel gives birth to a cow, a trefa animal gives birth to a kosher animal, the animal is prohibited. And the Gemara derives that from the fact that the Easter of a camel is repeated twice in the Torah. Once in Parashat Shemini, and again, and again in Parashat Re'eh. Why is it stated twice? To tell me not only is the original animal Aser, but any animal that is born to this animal, even if it presents as a kosher animal, is treated as Aser. That's the principle called Yoytzim in Aser, Aser. It came out of that which is Aser, that is also Aser. The Gemara derives from there as well, from the fact that it says, Es HaGomal, that not only is a cow that's born to a camel, also the milk of a camel 
is also aser. Camel's milk is aser. Yoytim in aser aser. Milk from the camel. You're getting a Chagadia story. I'm talking to you. A camel has milk. There's such a thing as camel's milk. Thus is aser. And a cow that's born to a camel is aser. What would be of the milk from the cow that was born to the camel would also be aser. One plus one is two. And then the Gemara Masech Leschulin derives from a different Pasuk. It's a question why we needed all of these drushes, but the Gemara derives from here that an egg that's born to a trefa animal is also prohibited because the Torah lists in one of the uh, birds you're not allowed to eat as basayana, which is the ostrich, but in other places in Tanakh it's referred to as a yana. Why here is it referred to as a basayana? To teach us not only is the animal usher, but a beitza that it gives birth to is also usher. And there are two, so therefore certainly, if one will take, let's say, a stem cell from a trefa animal or an animal, a nevela <laughs> animal, or an animal even while it's alive, they take the stem cells with a syringe from the animal while it's alive, which is basim and achai, and then you grow it in a uh, dish, one could make the argument that that's all derived from the original stem cell, maybe even if it's microscopic, and therefore would be yaitse mina aser aser. It would have the status and all the lach implications of the stem cell that it was derived, uh, that it was derived, um, that it was derived from. And perhaps for that reason, it should also be considered, even if it's derived from a kosher animal, should also be considered as fleshics. Why, if it, even if it was derived from a kosher animal, it was shechted properly. Perhaps it should be considered fleshics. Because uh, the Rambam writes over here, Oisidawid, that uh, there's two categories, seems to say that there's two categories of yoytse. The Rambam says that if you eat, a, let's say, a cow that's born to a camel, you would receive malchus as if you ate the camel itself. But if you drink the camel's milk, there's no malchus. Why the difference? Again, if you eat the ca- cow that's born to the camel, there's malchus. If you drink the milk from the camel, no malchus. So Chaim explains, because there's two halachas of yoytse. There's one halacha of yoytse, which is that which is derived from the trefa animal, is prohibited. But it's not the same as eating the trefa animal itself. It's a generic Easter yoytse. It came from a forbidden uh, source, and therefore it is labeled as forbidden, but it is not as if you ate the camel. This is milk, not the camel. Milk is different. Milk that's derived from a cow is milklets, and the cow is fleshics. This is not the same as the camel. It's prohibited because it came from a pro- prohibited uh, source. It's a generic Easter yoytse, but therefore there's no malchus. But says Reb Chaim that a cow that's born to a camel, since they're similar in their consistency, they're both flesh, they're both meat, so says Reb Chaim, that's as if you ate the camel itself. So therefore, you receive Malchus as if you ate the camel. And, uh, and it'll have the same status and all the rights and privileges of the camel. So if that's the case, many argue that if you grow from one little stem cell a whole piece of Flashix that looks, it has the same consistency as the original flesh from which it was derived. So even if it comes from, certainly if it comes from a non-kosher source, but even if it comes from a kosher animal who it properly, <laughs> it's similar in its consistency. It has a yoytze and should have the status and all of the halachic implications of the meat from where it was derived, and it should be fleshix. Yeah. But if you grow, first of all, beta itself is part. Yes. Because that that's not, not the same consistency as the animal. Yeah, but it just shows that milk itself, with more it feels Yeah. Like. It shows that the fact that something comes from a, a live animal it doesn't make it flashy. Right. And it doesn't make, it doesn't require a shrita. Right. So the only argument you can tell you is that because the stem cell actually comes from the meat part of the behemoth, that changes the whole situation. No, it's because it comes from the meat and it looks like meat in the end. So that, that's, that's the meat alain. That's like the cow, that's, that's the camel that gives birth to a cow. In the lab. 
how does it look in between when you culture it? it prob- it's probably dissimilar. From I bet it looks like a jelly type stuff. Yeah, jelly. It's yeah. more like, a, like egg, right? Uh, but in the end, it's going to look like uh, so you, you're doing a the egg. If the egg grows into a full-fledged animal, then you would get malchus. That's a yaitzman also, also. That's exactly the point. While you eat it, ah, so, but if you but once you can, but if you're going to eat it in the meat state, it should have the. Uh, right, but I think is it also claiming it's ever menachai. Yeah, if you take it from a live animal, ever menachai. Should be yaitzman also, also. It should be yaitzman also, also. Milk is exeris hakasa that you're allowed to have it. It should have also been yaitzman achai also. We're allowed to have it because of Xerus HaKosov. So to over here, there are those that argue that the whole piece of meat is derived from the, either the trefer stem cell, and even if it's a kosher stem cell, it should uh, at, least, at minimum be flashix, and perhaps if it's derived from Machol Sassurus, should be, uh, should be Machol Sassurus. And the Matirim argue there's no such halach. If you take it from a kosher animal, they agree if you take it from a trefer animal, perhaps you would have a concern of Yoytzei, but if you take it from a kosher animal, there's no halach of Yoytzei with regards to flashix. And no one's discussing an Easter over here. We're discussing flashix or milchix. We never had a principle of Yoytzei, mina flashix, flashix. And therefore, uh, perhaps we should not apply this principle to the meat that's grown uh, from the stem cell. Whichever position, though, you take, so there are many who feel that it is considered to be flashix if it's derived from a kosher animal, and if it's derived from a treif animal, it should be macholos asurois, and there are many who feel that it's, uh, since it's derived in an abnormal fashion, or perhaps because it's microscopic in the initial stages, it should be uh, mutter, um, and, and the minimum should also not be flashix, it should be parv. However, there's one overarching concern over here which looms over this entire discussion, and that is with the Ramah writes over here, Ois Tezayin, that um, there's an issue of Marasayan. Even if one will argue that it's uh, Mutter and it's Parev and uh, everything, it'll give you, give, give you everything, but nonetheless, uh, it could easily be confused with, with uh, well, if it can't be easily confused, I don't think it's going to sell too well, but if it, could be, if it could be easily confused with meat, meaning if it actually, they actually achieve what they're setting out to achieve and it looks like meat and tastes like meat, then it could be confused with meat and we have a problem of Marasayan. And there are more rights over here that one is allowed... Um, to eat chal of shkedim, which is almond milk together with meat, but there's a concern of marasai, and people aren't going to know that it's almond milk, they're going to think it's regular milk, so you have to leave almonds on the table to show that what you're drinking is, if you're eating it together with meat, what you're drinking is uh, almond milk, not regular milk. So one second, so one second. So so to over here, that same concern uh, would exist. The problem, the issue though is, is that, um, well, what about margarine? What about non-dairy creamer? What about uh, the, the, the soy schnitzel, which is uh, exceedingly popular? Veggie burger, bacon, whatever. So the answer is, because there are more rights over here in Hilchus Shatnez, that one is not allowed to, to uh, use uh, cannabis. Cannabis is not canvas, it's, uh, it's um, cannabis, which is similar to linen. So you're not allowed to take the, not the seeds of the yeah. cannabis, the plant of the cannabis, which can be made in a garment that's similar to linen. You're not allowed to wear it with wool because of a marasai and that you're wearing linen with wool. Hemp. But says the Ramah, if, yeah, hemp. But says the Ramah, if, the last three words, shari, if everybody knows that there's this hemp around that looks like linen, then it's permitted there's no more marasai. So, so too, everybody knows that there's non-dairy creamer, everybody knows that there's margarine, everybody knows that there's uh, veggie schnitzel. And then what are we talking about? Then so the Shilas over here, if right now, of course, at the beginning, it costs $300,000 to produce one hamburger of this stem cell meat, now the cost has been lowered to either a few thousand dollars or maybe a few hundred dollars. So it's not common at all. So therefore, even someone who has it can't say we're going to serve you know, an elaborate thing for those special people who can afford it, we'll serve it together with milk because it's a marasayan. 
So you won't know. It'll be it'll be uh, it'll be a mar sign if it becomes so popular that now it's common to be no longer a mar sign. But you'd run into the other issue. The whole heter was based on the fact that it's not usual that you produce in an unusual fashion. It becomes so common that no there's no longer a mar sign. Maybe you lose your whole heter in the first place, which was the fact that it was produced in an abnormal fashion. Anyway, right now this is all a davish If this will ever come, we're gonna have to.